Hi everyone, welcome to episode 12 of the Mind Blown Zone. This one is called The Power of Words. Here with Brad. How are you, Brad? As usual, never better. And yourself? I uh, also feeling pretty well. Glad Fantastic. to be talking about another awesome topic. Sweet. So Sweet here's yeah. the intro for it. Uh, the okay. language that we use has been designed to disempower us. It's not an accident. We are in a situation where we have ended up labeling people, groups, or things in a way that determine and perpetuate their roles in our lives. And it's not always to our benefit. So understanding what words truly mean will help us to re-empower ourselves. Okay. So we're going to be highlighting some key examples in politics, economics, law, science, cosmology, and entertainment, where we're using words in a completely disempowering way. We're using the word to point to something that really isn't the thing. And that sounds, sounds like a basic little thing, but this is not just us being pedantic or not just playing around with semantics and stuff. Like This is important on a personal and worldwide level. Did you want to mention something about, uh, you got this note, Brad, the people in charge do understand, however. I think that's interesting coming from you. Well, yeah, I, I just, yeah, just a, just a quick bullet point there just to suggest that, that it's not an accident that we uh, have these words that we're, we are misusing, unwittingly misusing. And, uh, you know, the power, as the title suggests, of the words is far more overarching than any of us can even imagine. And the more we misuse words in the way that people in charge want us to misuse them, the more power they take from us. We, we give it to them. That's, that's the end result uh, when we don't under, even understand the words we're using. So that was that, that bullet. Awesome. So why don't we go into the examples? We're going to start with politics. Do you want to lead, lead them off, Brad? Sure. Well... We almost forgot this one. It was ironic because I've been using it for a good 15, 20 years with people. And I usually get uh, a frown and a nuh-uh uh, when I tell people this. But the word government, uh, when we when we take that and break it down to its Latin, uh, we get you know the gubern uh, for the govern part, which is, uh, of course, to control or to govern. We all get that. Uh, but the last part of it, uh, the ment, mentes, mente, uh, people are fighting this with potential other interpretations. And Matt and I looked at some of these arguments uh, before we put this podcast together, and they just made so little sense that I, I couldn't even include them uh, in this talk. Uh, but the, clearly, M-E-N-T-E means mind. And so we are left with mind control for government, which is quite interesting that that would be the derivation, you know, the roots of this word. Uh, Matt, you had a few things to say about this as well, right? Yeah, I think it's like just at a, another level of the disempowerment of the word. Uh, because to me, the fact is, the, the reason why it's disempowering even more so is that we decide that there is like the government. Okay, we're, we're like, yeah, the, those people over there, the leadership, right? They govern us. Yeah, that's a thing. There they are. They're the government. We're the governed. They're the government. And it's like, it's the whole, the whole thing is like a creation. It's almost like they came along and they told us the government, that they're the government. And we went, oh, okay, you're the government. And we just, we just continue to call them the government, just perpetuate this uh, situation in which we're ruled or they call it led, but ruled by others. Very disempowering. Right? It's, uh, you know, the word itself, it, it's almost a slap in your face that they just, they're telling you point blank that we're mind controlling you. <laughs> that's, that's, mm -hmm. that's, who, that's who we are. You know, we're the mind controllers. But yeah, you know, to your point, uh, it's, it's the, first of all, the government is a fictional entity. There's no such thing as the government. Right? It's just an idea. So mm -hmm. obviously people, uh, living people make up uh, the uh, people who enforce the rules that the government makes, but 
it's everything's backwards. You pick that up in, in any of our legal history uh, talks. We won't go into that here today, but it went from we the people, you know, he who creates controls, maxim of law. We created the government, and then the government created employees, and then the government created rules and policies for the employees. Uh, but then they also created citizens, government created citizens, and they rule over the citizens, and we agreed to be citizens, which I'll talk about in a bit. But So we went right. from the, the men and women who created to the, the, the actually created citizen, and that's how we've fallen under their control. Right. Time. And now we're under this spell where we just perpetuate that thing. We're like the government. The government, the government. Yeah, you know the idea I'm talking about. You know the thing, that group. <laughs> right. So it's pretty funny. Uh, there's a couple of other ones. Uh, we've got democracy. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll do this one. So the people will just talk like, oh, you know, the, the democracy, right? But there is no democracy. But they call the government a democracy, or they call America a democracy, or they call Australia or whatever a democracy. It's not, not a democracy. Democracy is where everybody votes and on issues, and then the people with the majority win, and that's what's to happen. But there's <laughs> not a democracy. There's a there's a president and a Congress and uh, all these politicians, and the they're all lying, and they uh, take bribes and you know just run your life. Okay, it's and just don't do what you want at all. It's not a democracy, but we call it democracy. It's like a one word platitude to quiet our mind. And let us think that, oh, yeah, everything's fine. What do you reckon, Brad? Yeah. I mean, so, you know, there's obviously the famous Ben Franklin quote. He, he's one of the kind of founding fathers of America, if you're familiar with him. But, you know, he said, democracy is two wolves and a sheep deciding on what's for lunch. Uh, just, to, mm -hmm. just to hammer that home, right? So basically what, the, but, uh, and this United States was obviously set up as a republic, which you never hear. The word democracy doesn't does not appear in any of our any of our founding documents. There's no amendment that changed us from a republic to a democracy. The media and, and the government just started saying it, and the more they said it, the more you know, say repeat a lie often enough, and it becomes the truth. And so that's what everybody thinks today, just because they were saying the word. I, I call mm -hmm. it a cover word for, I say what we live under today is really neo-feudalism. That's what I say democracy means. When you hear them say, this is a threat to our democracy, they're not kidding. The people who write the news, right, for us, how many times has that phrase been stated, this is a threat to our democracy? That is that is one of the most powerful propaganda campaigns of all time. And because our democracy is the ruling class cabal's system that they use to govern us. So it's, it is their democracy. Right. But, and if you're disempowered, you're just like, oh no, our democracy, that's like our good thing where life is really good. Uh, oh no, I, I should be against this threat to the democracy. <laughs> right. And what's being threatened is them. But they say yep. it and use the word in such a way that it feels like I'm being threatened when they say it. We're all being threatened by this situation. Fascinating. Heck of a word. Okay, how about president? Yeah, president. So, this again, this goes to you. You have a prime minister in Australia, right? Or a, uh, is that what you're? Yeah, he's the, the minister who is prime. Whatever that means. <laughs> well, it's actually a little more closer to a government idea. President, as we all know, there are corporations all over the world, and all these corporations have presidents. Hey, they, they sometimes it's they use the word CEO, but most of the time those two words are interchangeable. So it's actually a dead giveaway that what we have set up here, known as the federal government, is actually a corporation because they're the ones with presidents and secretaries and vice presidents and all those other things. Mm -hmm. So yeah. goes a little deeper into again go back to the some of our legal over overlay broadcasts and we'll get into greater detail on that but that's really what they're telling you straight up in front that the president is the president of this corporation it has nothing to do with a government of the people by the people and for the people good times huh right so all you have to do is uh to to get it wrong here to surrender your mind here is to surrender your power even is to 
they tell you, yeah, it's president, right? He's the he's the guy, the important guy that runs a country. And if you're just like, okay, and don't think, oh, wait a tick, what is a president? Then you're going to suffer. Right. He's supposed to be the president of the company to make sure that they carry out their 19 enumerated duties as outlined in our constitution. That That's his real job. Mm-hmm. And the representatives we send, Congress and senators, are supposed to keep him in check. So we can call our senator any old time and say, the president's out of line, get him back in check. That was the way this United States was set up to run. But it's obviously been completely flip-flopped, hasn't it? Uh, big time. Uh, let's largely, look at economics. I was just going to say largely because we don't understand these words we're using. Right. That, that that's where we've relinquished control over the situation by relinquishing control over the words, how we yep. label things. All right, let someone else label us and label by lab, when you control the words, you control what's what and how things work and how things should be. Right, uh, and that's big in economics. <laughs> uh, money. Yeah, they're just like yeah, yeah, money. Right, when you when you got that piece of paper in your hands, yeah, you got money. When you got those uh, numbers in your bank account, yeah, you got money, but. You don't have any money. Like, if you got, it doesn't matter whether you got a million dollars worth of cash or you got a million dollars on a screen, you don't have any money. Right? That's not money. Do you want to explain why that's not money, Brad? Well, yeah. So, interestingly, you know, people have obviously gone in and uh, figured out what the qualities of money are. And I'm not going to go into all, I'll just mention them briefly. Uh, but there's, one thing that what we call money uh, it doesn't have one of these qualities, and that, therefore it's not money. And so the, the qualities are durability, hoardability, divisibility, uniformity, limited supply, and acceptability, and store of wealth. So these are the key, actually that's seven attributes of money. So the green paper in, in our wallets and purses, or the, or the digits in our uh, on our phone screen or computer screen that show us our balance of money is uh, not money at all. This is actually currency. And the money itself, because, and the reason that is it's not a store of value, is because of that dreaded word inflation. Another completely misused word. I don't think we have that on our list. Maybe I'll touch on that real quick. But if, in other words, if you had $1,000 in 1923, you could probably buy a house with that thousand dollars back in those days, but today with a thousand dollars, you can barely pay to uh, you know have your landscaping done, for example. So we could see that had you thrown that thousand dollars in a you know box and buried it in the yard and pulled it out hundred years later, it's worth you know its value has dropped by ninety nine percent. So therefore, we can conclude that the green paper that we call money is actually currency. Making sense? Yeah, I mean, currency is just something, uh, an agreed exchange, an exchange coupon or, you know, it's some, something that is exchanged for, for goods and services, right? That's that's right. all currency is. Right, and that's what we have, 100%. Yes. That's what we have. As a... Right. Uh, J, the famous J.P. Morgan bank, bankster of the early uh, 1900s, 20th century, he's once he's quoted famously quoted as saying, um, "I've now I've forgotten it. Only gold is money. Uh, oh, oh yes, yeah, only gold is money. Everything else is is credit." Right. So he was talking about that gold is has stored it's stored value right because it takes energy and resources and labor to mm -hmm. you know bring that up out of the ground and turn it into a, you know, something useful. And obviously, you know, if we went back to 1923, gold was $22 an ounce and today it's $2,000 an ounce. So you could see that it's, it's stored its value. Therefore it's can officially be called money. And perhaps, um, if we're going to introduce the dollar now, uh, I guess, you know, silver is, can be money as well, right? Yeah, that quote that he gave, he really should have said gold and silver. A lot of silver buffs sit right at that and silver because it's actually silver was kind of the common man's uh, everyday guy's money. Right, right. Uh, he was probably a noble. Silver? 
<laughs> who has silver these days? Right, right. So yeah, so that's, yeah, so you could say that silver and gold are money and everything else is credit. I think he should say, he should have said debt, uh, which would right. have been a better word because for those of you who have studied a little bit about our monetary system, you'll know that everything is debt. All these green paper notes are really debts. And uh, yeah, that says it a little bit better in my mind, but still a good well, quote. Just to be clear on what the debt is, the debt is uh, a debt that the taxpayer agreed to take on so that they could print money. All right. So they printed money, they put it towards their stuff and they put these notes out that they're IOU debt instruments to the, to the government that the taxpayer is agreeing by calling themselves a taxpayer and say, yeah, I'm the taxpayer. Right. So the thing with these dollars is when the, when you go to the store and they say that's $5, you should say, I don't have any dollars. I only got five IOU debt instruments that I can pass on to you. Right. right. <laughs> that's, that's all you got. That is true. Because property can't own property. Quickly on inflation, I'll just hit that one real quick too, that most people, when you say, what is inflation? They'll say, that's the price of stuff going up. That's what inflation means to 99% of the population. But what it actually means right. is that they it, it's an increase in the supply of those paper IOU debt fiat notes. Yeah, more so debt. They put more of that green paper out there. And because it's more of it's flowing around, that me makes everything less valuable. So you have to raise the prices. That's inflation. Mm -hmm. And you can do the old Webster dictionary thing today and you'll get the stupid definition of things getting more expensive. But if you go back, I think even 20 or 30 years, you'll see that the definition of inflation for the you know, 100, 150 years prior to, you know, 1980 or whatever, it was increasing the money supply. Never so use a subjectivist dictionary. Always use an <laughs> right. objectivist dictionary, Webster 1828. That's your go-to. That's go -to. the best. That is the best. Uh, final one on economics is capitalism. So people think, oh, capitalism, that's the monetary system that they have in America, right? So I judge and... Uh, decide on my opinion about capitalism based on what I think of the economic system of America. It's a subjectivist way of uh, understanding, just like is a subjectivist way of understanding inflation. Capitalism is where you can, where, where, you, where you actually have money, right? When there's money in the system and you can hold that money and spend it later. It's capital. All right, capital is stuff that you can put away for later when you want it. So you don't have to have expenditure immediately. You can just receive this uh, stored value uh, money, like gold or silver or precious metals and just hold it and then spend it later. That's capitalism. That's all there is to capitalism. It's the only thing that's a defining feature of capitalism. But people want to say, oh, capitalism's bad because uh, what America did here was not good for people in this way. Okay, so by equating the word with what is being presented to be related to the word, you're missing out on the ideal, right? You're missing out on something naturally good um, and you're sticking with uh, only an option of disempowerment, which is just the situation in America, which doesn't look very good. So you're like, oh, there's, there's nothing good in the world. There's no good economic system in the world just because real capitalism is hidden. Right. Yeah, no, that's that's exactly right. And and it's funny how people slap certain labels on in front of it, like free market capitalism is the, you know, you'll hear a lot of the uh uh what's the uh, what's the third party Democrats, Republicans, and can't even think of them right libertarians? now. Libertarians. Yeah, libertarians love to talk about free market capitalism, which obviously means there's no there's no government intervention. And you right. wanting to start up a business, right? You're free to do it. There's nobody out there that says there's too many gas stations on this block. So therefore, we're, we're going to prevent you from opening up your gas station. I always get a kick out of uh, when I lived in Texas. The uh, I don't know if you know this, but um, Elon Musk wanted to open a Tesla dealership in Austin. Okay. And the consortium of all the auto dealerships in the state of Texas, you know, Chevy, Ford, Toyota, whatever, they all got together and prevented him from opening up a Tesla dealership in Texas. 
Well, it's like the plot of Atlas Shrugged, basically. <laughs> Anti anti monopolistic uh regula regulation. Right. It wasn't even the government, right? It was this other body of uh car dealers that were able to pull this off and say this would be you know, this is we don't want this competition or I don't I don't know what their excuse was, but I just think they called up their, you know, state senators or whatever and said we don't we don't want a Tesla dealership. And yep. they said, All right, can't do it. So that is not yep. capitalism, by the way. <laughs> Something else. Yeah, that is, is not capitalism. <laughs> but people but yeah, think that's we're living. Think that's capitalism. Thanks to uh, Marx. Marx is the one who made this capitalism and communism. He made up both of those terms uh, back in the day. So you can you can already say, oh boy, all kinds of problems. I wanted to come back to dollar real quick, just because I didn't I didn't hit on this idea that the you know the 1792 or 1791 Coinage Act in America defined a dollar as officially 371.25 grains of fine silver. That was what a dollar was. So from 1792 up through, you know, up through before, when the Fed came along, even, even after the Federal Reserve came along in 1913, it was, we had things called silver dollars. I don't know. Did you guys have silver dollars in Australia? Oh, we may have. I don't know. Probably. So it was a silver dollar was 371.25 grains of silver. And it had other metal alloys in it as well. But we, you know, we have Morgan dollars and peace dollars uh, that go all the way back through that period of time. So they, we were actually making those as the standard of a dollar. And then one day, somebody decided to change it around to this green piece of paper. Right. And look so where we are that's now. That's pretty big disempowerment. They're like, yeah, I just let them call this piece of paper a dollar. Just accept that. I don't have any money. They call this a dollar. <laughs> I accept it. Yeah. Uh, shall we do law? Went along with it. Law is kind of my baby, right? So I'm sure I've is. done this, most of these in the uh, in the legal overlay uh, videos, if anyone wants to get a lot more detail. But I always like to start yeah, on the first saying, 10 episodes. Yeah. The word law right a law is something that's immutable or unchangeable that's the real primary it should be the only definition of a law but that's been corrupted over time right like uh you know a gravitational force law or right anything that it's obviously can't be changed right humans need to breathe oxygen that's a law so what's what's now happened is we've come to this you know, and people might want to call that natural law or universal law but now we broke into this region. We have this common law, which is actually right, it should be it should be called like common tradition or common rules, probably. But this idea that mm -hmm. you know common law means it's what you it's people in a region that live around each other agree to live by these traditions or rules. So it's really common rules. And then yeah, even have, common law, like uh, you've pointed out, statutory law is well, yeah. Not good, but uh, I'm sure you'll get into that. But then it seems like the next suggestion is common law is good. That's traditional. But like even common law is a perversion of natural law. That's your point you're kind of making there, right? That's right. Yeah. It's it's just whatever people in this particular area, region, country, right. state, wherever. Right. It's agree, this is how we're going to behave. Yeah. We're going to, I think the example I give is, uh, always give is, you know, if you live in Papua New Guinea, uh, there's no big deal about, you know, going down to the side of the river and taking off all your clothes or your loincloth or whatever and, you know, taking mm -hmm. a bath naked in the in the lake or river. Nobody's nobody's going to flip out and it's no big thing. But, you know, try that in uh, New York City in the Hudson River and, you know, the, <laughs> right, you're going to you get labeled a streaker and a, and a nudist and a freak and get thrown in the can for taking a taking a naked shower in the uh, Hudson River. So obviously in one place it's okay in one place it's not therefore it's not a natural law but it fits under the common law yeah mm -hmm. and then you, you mentioned statutory which is really statutory policies and statutes are written for dead entities statues statutes for statues and these are just corporate policies is all these really are so these are ways that a company McDonald's has a policy book. If you get hired by McDonald's, you have to abide by their policies. And that's exactly what statutes are. But somehow hey, or other, they have get... like, sorry, right? I, just, 
have, have like a visions of like a police officer pulling me over and going, you're not wearing a seatbelt and going, well, it's not a law. And they're like, it is so a law. It's written by this thing in the government. And like, right. yeah, that, mate, that's a statute. It's a statutory policy. It's not a law. And they're like, well, that's a, it is a law. And like, uh, mate, do you even know what the law is? <laughs> I think they'd get nope. pretty uh, out of control if you confronted them in that way. Oh, yeah. You're not going to win that one. Don't even try that. Unless you want a quick uh, free ride to the uh, jail for sure, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, you- it's uh, it's the it's so deep that our congressmen are lawmakers, right? There, the, there are lawmakers in Washington D.C. or in the capital of oh, the yeah. state that you live. Right? These are our <laughs> lawmakers. It's like, yeah, we. That's the way we set up our country <laughs> to give a bunch of people who seek power the the ability to make up rules that we don't want to abide by. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah imagine voting in a bunch of like phony liars, and then they're. Oh, yeah, they make the laws. Yeah. Yep. That's that's how that's how things are. That's how everything's supposed to work. That's how our founding fathers set it up. Come on. Yeah, that's uh, not good time. So where were we here? So we got person. You your titles uh, of slavery? Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. The, yeah. These are the titles of slavery. Persons. The obviously the the biggie. And uh, just quickly, this is this word derives from uh, the Greek word persona which you know, meant an actor or a mask. So you would, mm-hmm. they would give it to, to stage actors, play actors who were playing out a role on stage as they were, they had a persona during, during the play. That's where the word comes from. Uh, but today in the legal system, when you look up the word person in any of the law dictionaries, they're going to they're gonna direct you to two different places, either artificial person or natural person. And natural person is what you think of, you know, a man or a woman, just a regular old person. That's what a person is. But in the legal system, there are no men and women in it. And all persons are artificial persons, which can can be, this is what they say, it can be a corporation, a trust, a partnership, a proprietorship, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And in reality, all persons in the legal system are those things. So... If a judge calls you a person, you know what's up, right? Right. right. Uh, so you're you're a person. It's it's kind of like uh, an avatar or like an account in the legal system, right? Right. Like it's that's I'm not actually you. It's like you, just your account there. <laughs> yeah, that's it, but they call it like a well. It's kind of a corporation, right? It's a yeah, made up account. The best. The best reference I, I I like the reference of being a vessel. So it's a, yeah, a vessel. vessel that's lost at sea, and that's you know we, we've already done this, so we won't go into it again here today. But that's what your person is, and you are unwittingly acting as the trustee for this uh, lost at sea vessel trust, otherwise known as your all capitals name. Good times. That is your person. Uh, resident, just quickly, uh, resident is uh, a word, the Latin breakdown, uh, the word res means thing or property. And of course, ident means identification or to identify. So we have to you know, the identification of the property. So when you say you're the resident of the state of New York, then the property owners of you are the people who run the government of New York. Make sense? Mm-hmm. You would much prefer to be an inhabitant of the geographical region known as New York rather than a resident of the corporate state of New York. Right. So inhabitant, an objective word, it means you it means you inhabit this area. Resident, a legal system word. That is like almost a noun that they apply to your avatar, to your account, to your corporation, and you know, details how you are to be treated in the system. Right. It identifies who you're the property of. Right. That's the res. Uh, okay, and then citizen. Uh, just the, the citizen is got city in it, right? C I T I C I T Y. And then Zen is just short for denizen. So you're you're a resident. Sorry, you're you're 
a denizen of the city. And the city, of course, is where the civilization is built out, right? Civilization and city go hand in hand. And as we know from our past uh, legal overlay podcast, uh, civil is Roman civil law. So that's the control mechanism that they use to uh, take over all the regions outside of Rome over time and you know, quell the barbarians and make them into civilized people or denizens of their civil cities. That's what and what was denizen again? I've forgotten that one. Well, denizen is just a, an inhabitant, a denizen right. of a, a region. So that's what they're saying. You're that you're an inhabitant of their city or their civilization. Mm-hmm. And their civilization is effectively this legal system, this legal matrix that they wrap around you. Because if you're off, off in some rural township village or something, right? They don't they don't feel like they can control you like they can when you are in this inside the city, right? inside the city walls. Mm-hmm. So. But when you label yourself as a citizen, then you say, I, I fall under your purview because they created citizens. Yeah, like you look up in their statutory uh, policy book, it's got all things about what citizens have to do and what citizens need to pay and how citizens are punished for their uh, wrongdoings against the state. And if you, right, if they're like, are you a citizen? And you're like, you damn sure as hell right, I'm a citizen proudly state it they're like oh cool oh we got a whole bunch of rules for you buddy right and w- what are your other options it's, it's like what what could i be other than a citizen all right that's I'll where it here. gets tricky <laughs> that's where it gets tricky anyway that'll be another day another talk but those are the law quickies on some of the words that are used against us uh including the very word law which has been misused into oblivion such that it doesn't really have any meaning anymore. Okay. Let's do health. Yeah. Uh, take it away on health care. That's yours. That's mine. Healthcare. Well, you know, you, more and more people say it nowadays that, that we, what we really have is a sick care system, right? Because what we're doing, our entire health care system is, does nothing but treats people who are sick. Uh, a mm-hmm. true health care program would be there would be all kinds of businesses and operations that would be teaching us how to be healthy, right? That would be the job of somebody operating in a healthcare system. But our system is pure sick care, 100%. I mean, it's gotten to the point now where doctors don't even, you know, they just, they don't even know what a healthy diet is, or it's not part of their job to tell you to, you know, eat less of this or more of that, even though you and I don't happen to think that has much to do with it, um, but you get the drift, right? Their job is to... Uh, you definitely don't need to be healthy to be a doctor as well. Only, yeah, you don't need to be healthy to be a doctor. So we're taking advice from people who aren't healthy and they're treating people that aren't healthy. So it's a, it is 100% sick care system. So the word is effectively meaningless to call it healthcare. Uh, I, I mean, generally uh, suspect that like uh, each specialist in the sick care system uh, is suffering with the ailments related to their profession and they're kind of in it to learn about it for themselves. So, you know, when you're going to advice for a specialist, you better think, hmm, this person probably has the problem I'm there to get help with and they might not even know how to solve it and they're just saying what they currently think, but they still have the problem, so they might be actually wrong. Be, Be aware of that. Could be. Absolutely. Doctor. I just have fun with this word, doctor. There's actually people in, in the legal lawful realm, they they joke about the doctor is the person, is when you when you land your vessel in the dock. Oh, yeah. You come in from sea, and so you meet the doctor who manages the, the delivery of the merchandise or the manifest, and that's, of course, the mother having the child. But I always like this alternative de- definition of doctor, which is to deceptively alter, right? He he doctored the the documents so that he could embezzle the money, for example, right? I always thought that was slightly interesting that that was part of yeah, another potential definition of the word. 
Mm-hmm. Oh man, man, you doctored those documents. So a doctor might actually be someone who just doctors things, and, <laughs> and we but we assign them like the doctor, right? That's the right. that's the person who knows all the good things about the human body and how to be healthy, right? right. The doctor, and they went to the law school. <laughs> I'm so, I'm sorry, they went to medical oh, school, uh, which is owned by the medical establishment and big farmer and government, and all the biggest corporations in the world who know nothing about medicine. And uh, he or her studied there and they got a degree and they get to call themselves doctor. And we're like, yeah, they're a doctor. And uh, <laughs> we're like uh, giving one of the most prestigious, supposedly prestigious titles to people who work in the sick care system and don't really know how to help uh, with disease much at all. Well, yeah, well, of course, but, you know, because they're practicing, right? They're not experts, are they? Right, they're just practicing. They have a practice, they but they practice. Right, they're practicing on us. Interesting. Well, uh, as soon as I mentioned disease, why don't you go for that one? Oh, I was going to give that to you. That's your favorite. You take it. Oh, disease. Well, it's, it's, I love it because it's so easy. Because we're, we say disease, but as soon as you stop saying disease and say dis-ease, you go, oh, Oh, disease is disease. Oh, that's obvious. And you couldn't even, once you're there, you can't even be told otherwise. No, 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 it's not disease. Right. It's not disease. That's never going to work. You just know it. It's disease. It's disease. So the medical establishment says that, calls it disease, disease, and they say it's all the physical symptoms. If you look it up on Wikipedia, what is disease? It's like, oh, this, this condition that you're in, all these physical things about you, and that's the disease. But obviously underlying that is dis-ease. And if you want to heal what you think is disease, what you actually need to do is just calm your disease. You need to go back to ease, and then you won't have disease, and then you won't have the symptoms. But just by saying disease, just by saying that, you're completely disempowered and you're cut off from healing problems. Exactly. Yeah. And that's the the health modality that we'll talk about here soon, but that effectively, that disease is in the mind. Right. That's where the unease originates mm-hmm. and it ultimately uh, manifests and perpetuates in the body with the symptoms. Yeah, you nailed it. That's exactly right. Was medicine yours? Uh, no, nah, it's more yours. <laughs> I'm going to, I mean, I, I'm just going to skip right over that and go to pharmacy, pharmacia, I think, just because they're kind of one and the same. Right. Um. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember we were saying they were similar. Sure. Just combine them all into one idea here. And and this is something that a lot of uh, Christians have seen lately, uh, this word pharmakia, right? Which is the word where pharmacy or pharmaceutical uh, derives from. And obviously all all the medicines prescribed in the uh, healthcare system by the doctors are pharmaceuticals. And uh, if you go back and look at the Greek uh, of the word and, and even Hebrew of the word pharmakia. Here are some of the potential synonyms, divination, witchcraft, necromancy, sorcery, magic, and my favorite poisoning. How about that? Right. So once again, they're telling us the words right out there for everybody to see pharmaceutical is effectively witchcraft or poisoning or sorcery How about that yeah but we're like pharmacy it's where you go to get the things that you put in your body to heal you right they fix the right. disease okay. <laughs> i mean total disembowelment you know it's one thing when you you see enough of these things you think well, the nerve of these people but then if you you know we haven't done a talk on this yet we'll have to do one sometime but you know there's this idea that like the people who are you know, let's say in control and not wishing the best for humanity, aren't allowed to hide what they're doing. It has to be out, out in the open. Mm-hmm. They can't hide it from us. All they can do is make up new definitions and ideas and beliefs around words. And if, if we believe them, then that's our own fault. It's never their fault, is it? Well, I think that's quite fair. We had the power to figure these things out on our own. We chose not to. We chose to just accept 
uh, just chose to surrender our minds to what we're being told and not question it and just say, okay, that's a doctor. That's healthcare. That's the law. Okay. Yeah. And now I'll live in this for 50 years and then I'll wake up one day and go, hey, I think government's trampling on my rights. That doesn't seem right to me. Yeah. Taking responsibility. Big part of it. Anyway, that was a pretty pretty good list of uh, goodies there we had. What's the uh, what's the next section here? We have some some kind of miscellaneous words that we wanted to yeah. throw out there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, like uh, first, we're going to go through a few fun things. Uh, then we're going to go through a few replacements for the for the disempowered words. Right. So we're going to have a bit of fun, and then we're going to give a list of like new ways to label the world around you. And doing this will feel much more empowered. And it'll Excellent. spread to other people because they'll start saying it as well. All right. Do you want to do Hollywood, Brad? Oh, do I ever. Hollywood, one of my favorites. Uh, so this is, if you just look at the word, you can see it's really two words in there, holly and wood. And like, why would they name it Hollywood, right? Like, What, what was the purpose of that? Uh, because there's nothing about that region of Southern California that has any relation to this whatsoever. But as, as it turns out, uh, the uh, old, uh, you know, uh, witchcraft people from, you know, the the uh, spellcasters and so forth from olden ancient times, Druids in particular, uh, they made, had carried magic wands around with them and, you know, would cast their spells. We've all seen this in cartoons and Harry Potter and so forth. What well, turns out that the only uh, acceptable type of tree that they could use to make their wands was from a holly tree of all things. So we're left with this idea that Hollywood is actually casting spells on people with their products and programs and movies that they put out. So it's actually spell casting is effectively what Hollywood is up to. And it's pretty obvious to some of us for sure, but not to the majority. Interesting, huh? Say it ain't so. Say it ain't so. <laughs> all right, what's the next one? That one's all you. Uh, I got this cool word here, narcissism. So everyone throws around this word uh, whenever there's like an arsehole. Like this person's an arsehole. They're like, oh, it's total narcissist. Right? No no one is ever who is, no one who says this word has ever, okay, very few people who ever say this word have gone and read the entire myth of narcissus you know, just like studied it for two hours and read it and thought, what is narcissism according to this myth that explains it? They're just like, oh yeah, it's uh, when you're an asshole, right? So everyone's going around and they're like, oh, you're a narcissist, you're a narcissist, a narcissist, that person's a narcissist, that person. Oh, there's no difference between what they're saying and just asshole. A narcissist, according to the myth, is someone who's trapped in their self-image, right? They're looking at their reflection in the pond, right? They're looking at their self-image and they're disconnected from life. And that's that. And somehow this word, which is so empowering to know about because it would shine so much light on, well, let's say what you might call mental health, is totally forgotten and not allowed to be spoken about because it's just covered up with arsehole. So it's just disempowering. Yeah, I, I mean, I, when you and I talked about this, I said, I first heard this word used in so many different contexts that I, I don't even know what it means anymore. I right. definitely fall into that category. I've just heard it used to describe so many different people and situations. And I'm like, I, I don't know what it means. So that's a good example of a word that's got so many different meanings that it doesn't mean anything anymore, almost. Um, right. But going to your forgiving, you forgetting? Yeah, this is a good one. This comes from obviously the spiritual realms, but it's so impactful when you think about it for a little bit. So you know, there's this idea that there's our, you know, our, our inner deeper self and then our outer, you know, egoic self. And we'll notice that, uh, we forget our inner self and our higher self, whatever we want to call it, our soul. And so our outer self is forgetting. And so we're out there, egoic self, we're out there to get stuff, right? Our, the purpose of the ego is to get things. So we're forgetting. And of course, we're doing this forgetting, we're forgetting right, our deeper self, our real self. And there's, there's, it's like a dual purpose word. We've forgotten, right? Our deeper, higher self. So our ego is not only not remembering, but it's also out there trying to get for getting. 
And then so we forgot the deeper self, which is forgiving. And we, exactly. So that the deeper self is all about giving. That's the, you know, you look at any of the great spiritual avatars, Jesus, Buddha, Krishna, etc. right? They were all about giving. They didn't, they weren't, they didn't care about what they had or their possessions or their achievements or the climbing the corporate ladder, right? So they were always about giving. So they were for giving. And of course, the power of forgiveness in our lives is one of the most tremendous things that we can do. Uh, not only others that we feel have wronged us or harmed us in life, but also forgiving ourselves for our errors. So the kind of the shame and guilt that we drag around with us. So super powerful, but those are acts of, you know, our deeper soul self and uh, not easy to do or the forgetful egoic self. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, do you want to do a heart attack as well? Yeah, I'll just hit a heart attack. I wanted to hit this one real quick, only to say that most of the time, uh, the people, what people call, so, so many people call so many different things heart attacks and almost none of them, well, none of them are actually heart attacks. It's actually uh, a more accurate term would be a brain attack or the classic heart attack. Uh, that people have, and that's because the the brain relay that signals that keeps the heart beating is is the thing that stops when someone has a heart attack. And so, you know, the heart stops beating and seizes up, and there's pain there because it stops beating. But it's it's actually not a problem with your heart; it's a problem with uh, the brain. It's a type of seizure that happens. And you know, nowadays with all the well, I'm not going to go into that, but. A lot of times, you know, like the guy's out shoveling the driveway and, and you know, he, he's not used to it, an older man, and then they say he has a heart attack. He didn't have a heart attack. He just, he overworked, overworked himself. Uh, just like if you were out there, you know, running as fast as you could and you were start, you felt like you had to stop and slow down, but you kept running at your full speed. Eventually you would effectively collapse and it's not a heart attack. It's uh, just, you overwhelmed your circulatory system and you're now about to be knocked unconscious because you didn't stop when you should have. So mm -hmm. a couple, couple examples of what people call a heart attack, but in effect, not what people say it is. We mislabel it. Okay. Good times. What's next? We've got a few, couple of interesting ones here. Uh, modern art. So I don't know if anyone's seen modern art, but it's kind of ridiculous, right? <laughs> uh, you look at it and you're like, what value does this convey to me? Like, how does this give me a sense of life or how, or how does this give me direction of how I should live or how does this lead me to happiness? Well, like it doesn't because it sucks and it's not art, uh, but we call it art. We're like modern art, that's that crappy stuff, right? But we still call it art. We, we allow ourselves to call it art because what we're told that it's art. But what we should actually be doing is just looking around for what truly is art and not just being told what is art. And then we have the scientific community and that's, well, the scientific community is uh, all the people approved by the media, the government, the CDC, uh, the universities and the journals, right? So if you're in that one group together who all thinks the same thing, then you're the scientific community. And literally billions of people are happy to just call that group of people the scientific community. And if you're not in that, and if you're not approved by them, you're not the scientific community. So nothing you do is agreed upon by the scientific community. Whoop-de-doo. Like a bunch of uh, people who are very, very confused and have things head over heels backwards don't agree. Oh, the scientific community doesn't agree. And that's the situation we're in with science. Yeah, there was a good meme floating around the other day. I forget exactly what the, what it said. Some guy was holding up a sign just about how, yeah, 100% of scientists agree on, you know, X, Y, Z, because all the scientists who didn't disagree weren't included in the survey, yeah. right? Oh, 97% uh, of scientists agree on the government explanation of climate change. Oh, really? <laughs> wow. Right? 100%. What was that? What's the other one? 100% of scientists agree with uh, uh, whoever their, funded uh, yeah, whoever funded them, 100% of scientists agree with their funders. Yeah, it's a, it's a tricky situation. And it's funny, too, because you think about what, what are allegedly the great scientific breakthroughs of the past, and there were always 
the outsider, right? The guy who wasn't uh, going along with the crowd, wasn't going along with a consensus. He was the one that you know, is remembered with the big breakthrough discovery. But we really haven't had any of those kind of guys in like a hundred years uh, for some strange reason, right? It's like, it's almost like they're all closed out and unable to get their ideas uh, placed in front of uh, the scientific community for evaluation. Funny how that works, huh? Well, read Atlas Shrugged to anyone who wants to see that happen in a way that's easily understandable. So we're going to fly through all these um, uh, disempowering words and we're going to give alternates. Uh, we're going to do that really fast, I reckon. I'm just going to say something quickly about how these all these wrong words came to be in popular use it's because people are defining things subjectively right and are willing to have others define them for them subjectively and take that meaning without questioning it so when you define something subjectively you basically just say what it is to you right and then you pretend like that's the actual thing like if there's inflation and you don't know what inflation is because you never thought about it but you see that things become more expensive at the supermarket and then you're like inflation that's when things become more expensive right you don't actually step back and think of it objectively and say there's something called inflation and so what is that like what are the what are the all the attributes of this what is it really about you don't do that right same with art same with scientific community they say that's the scientific community okay that's what the scientific community or healthcare oh that's what it is healthcare Oh, the law? Yeah, that's the statutory policies. Dollar? That's this thing in my hand. Okay? Government? Yeah, that's the government. They lead us. They tell us what to do. You're just like referring directly to just what people are saying these things are and then accepting it. So this is subjective definition. Uh, objective definition, you really step back and think about it independently. Okay. Shall we go through the words, Brett? Yeah, Some I'm just going to add alternatives. a reminder to look at that. Webster's 1828 dictionary, which is online, yep. uh, and you'll get yep. a lot, a lot better. Or go back and look at the roots of the word, right? The Latin. Exactly. That's what we need to do today, because the 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 popular online dictionaries that you'll hit on a quick Google search are all changing the definitions all the time. <laughs> oh yeah, you need to be a um, etymologist. You need to be a philologist. You need to be an epistemologist. You need to be an objectivist or you're going to get absolutely walked over with false definitions and you're not going to know what what words refer to what ever. <laughs> you're just going to be talking a whole bunch of nonsense and thinking that uh, what you're saying is actually related to reality. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry if that's offensive. Yeah, that is the case. So what are we doing here? Some replacement words. Uh, yeah, let's just, uh, I'd say, how are we doing for time? We'll probably just fly through this, right? Yeah, we got about 10. So yeah, All right. government... You want to do government? I took the top of it. Uh, Ill illegitimate leaders. If voting really mattered, they wouldn't let us do it. Quote. That's a famous Mark Twain quote. Uh, if voting really mattered, they wouldn't let us do it. I just say that every time you hear the word government, think mind control, and you're you're on the right track. Mm -hmm. right? There's something they're doing to try to control my mind. I wonder what it is. Uh, your um, democracy? Yeah, I, I said this earlier, but yeah, neo-feudalism is really what this is. And for those of you who don't know what feudalism is, the feudal system was back in, uh, you know, kind of Middle Ages and, you know, in Europe, really, up until the 1900s, where there was a, a king or a queen, right? There was royalty. That was the feudal system or lords, and they controlled the serfs, and, you know, they were the landowner, so they had all the money, and they rented out their land to the serfs to work, and that's what feudalism was and it was an accepted way of life if you were born into a surf family you were a surf the rest of your life and you keep saying was uh, you're just describing exactly what is now well yeah we just don't realize it that that's why i call it neo so new feudalism it's yeah. much more elegant and slick and subtle but it's the same system and it's just being it's being foisted <laughs> on us via the legal neo feudalism sounds like feels like democracy oh i like it Ah, good times. How about president? Uh, allegedly highest ranked revealed representative of cabal. <laughs> right. right. That's pretty good. The puppet. A more accurate term might be resident, huh? 
<laughs> oh yeah, you said this. The warm body residing in the White House. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds funny when you say it. Right. Yeah, I mean, that, 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 technically speaking, his job should be, or her job should be, to manage the 19 enumerated tasks, like run the post office, uh, you know, run the uh, military guard our borders, right, and uh, coin the money and mm -hmm. gold and silver only. That's the president's job. So only jobs that he has to make sure are going smoothly. Nothing else. Right. So anything to do with uh, fake viral breakouts that uh, we shut down the world for. It's not part of his job. That was one of my favorite memes back in the day. Was the, the they showed the founding fathers? I forget. I forget how exactly how it went. But oh, oh, but, you know, it said you know coronavirus. Oh, it's shucks, guys. We didn't think of this or something, right? Like, mm -hmm. We didn't account for a viral breakout that could wipe out humanity. Anyway, I'm off topic. On to uh, economics. I'll fly through these economics ones. Yeah, yeah. Since we already kind of mentioned them, so money, currency. Here's a slanderous alternative for you. Uh, slave scrip. As uh, a J yeah. JP Morgan quote, gold is money, everything else is credit or debt. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Dollar is an IOU debt in instrument or a promissory note. Capitalism, probably referring to a mixed economy or a government-controlled financial system. Uh, you can do the law, Brad. Perfect. So really, what when we you hear the word law now, what you're really hearing is policies, rules, or regulations. Brought to you by the policymakers, not the lawmakers. You know, instead of person, really, it's being. It's really, you know, man or woman is really the correct word to use. But when you hear person, just think if they're talking about a corporation or a trust that was made in your name. Uh, mm -hmm. And we already we gave resident the correct word as an inhabitant. Uh, and you know, obviously, the the falsification is property identification or thing identification of the thing. What we got here for healthcare? Kind of touched these, haven't we? Healthcare sick care, doctor yep. sick care representative or white robed priest, <laughs> uh, medicine or pharmaceuticals, uh, poison, uh, disease, dis ease, pharmaceutical. Okay, pharmaceuticals, poison. Same. Yeah, we got those. Yeah. All right. So we kind of hit on those them well most of the time up front. So, yep. So, what a how do we wrap this puppy up? What do you got to say for yourself? Well, sure. So the words we use, like, uh, they, they maintain reality. Like, they perpetuate reality. If we use particular words for things, it just, like, it 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 says that reality is a particular way, okay? And then it stays that way. Like, the way we describe it, like, holds it in place, okay? That's a little bit of a spiritual idea, but it's... uh also not right. so by doing this uh by using these like false words that we're given to refer to very important things in our lives by continuing to do that we're spreading ignorance entrenching our own ignorance disempowering ourselves and holding ourselves down and those around us right so that's why i said at the beginning this is not semantics this is not us being pedantic these false words, these disempowering words are stuffing things up. Okay. What do we need to do, Brad? Well, it's the hard part, but this goes to my, you know, three-step solution, right? Become aware, spread awareness, and stop participating or withdraw your participation in their offerings, right? You have to call it out like it is when, you, when you're confronted with it and it'll spread. Right? Someone will say, what do you mean you don't have any money? You only have currency. And then you explain it to that person. This isn't money. And then that person learns it. And then that person spreads it. And pretty soon, word gets around. So by calling it like it is, and by using the correct words, you are spreading awareness, which is step two of the three-step process. So I dive in. Yeah, so I'm covering that here in this next bullet. But that's really the key to this is taking some responsibility for the misuse of words and making an effort to choose and use the correct words and perhaps more importantly, to correct people, not in a in a you know aggressive or disagreeable way, but just to correct them and say, oh, actually, you know what, Frank, that isn't money. That's actually just fiat currency, and that will start, you know, a wave, if you will, with people that you interact with, and they will spread it out to other people that they know, and pretty soon this spell that's been cast upon us with these words will start to break, 
and that'll be an opportunity for much greater empowerment for we the people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's simple. I mean, I just corrected someone the other day. They said, oh, isn't that against the law? And I said, okay, well, hold up one second before we proceed. Just want to hone in on that. You've called something the law, but what I think you're really referring to is the legal system. Okay, so legal system operated by powerful people who are not us, right? And it's uh, imposed over the real law. Okay, so just uh, let's be clear about what you're talking about here. Right, it's perfect. You know, and it's funny, Tucker Carlson just t talked about this a couple of weeks ago, but he mentioned, and I, I was really proud of him for saying this, that, you know, and, and recently, let's say in the last year or so, he's really started to say some things that he knew he was going to, you know, he's going to anger a lot of people over and, and people were, were going to be frustrated. But he said there was something very freeing about saying these things uh, that, he, that were on his mind and saying them correctly and properly rather than these, you know, these, uh, this overlay of misused words and misused ideas and beliefs that are pretty shaky. And it really is empowering to, and it feels empowering to actually step up and do this, take responsibility for using the correct words in the correct situations. And you'll notice it; it's palpable. It really is. It's experiential. Yeah. Oh yeah. You'll feel it because, uh, when you, when you use the correct words for reality, when you describe it in a non-contradictory way, uh, you're aligned with reality. And when you're aligned with reality in that way, you're aligned with yourself. So it's going to feel better. That's right. It goes right to your core. You get closer and closer. You know, it's, it's almost like the more you lie, the further you get from reality and the worse you feel. And the more you speak truth, act and act and back up your truth with actions and words, the closer you to get you get back to reality and the better you feel. It's almost that simple. Right. It might even be that simple. Oh, I read something deep the other day that was like when you uh, take on more of the Holy Spirit or something, you go to some higher level of truth and expression. So I don't know which comes first. <laughs> but uh, there's something related there like yeah, this uh, concept of truth and like empowerment and spirit are so closely related there's some really deep stuff right there i'm sure that you'll tell us uh more in the future about brett yeah well just just to quickly parlay on that that a lot of people say that the words truth love and god all mean the same thing right there's no there's actually no difference uh, in people we all have concepts abstractions in our mind that think all those things are different but in reality they're all perfectly aligned and really one and the same thing they just interlock perfectly so yeah right good talk today good times here is there anything more you want to say before i have, say a few more words about this power concept uh no i think that's all i have for today take it away right okay sure so i've been thinking more about this uh take your power back concept and I have some more words to say on that. So what we've basically done is we have, we, we all encountered this, uh, we, we, we've all encountered situations in our lives where we thought that something was true, but then we encountered another mind and they said that what we think is true is not true. And actually what they think is true is true. And that brings us to a very uh, deep metaphysical moment where like, whoa, this other mind says that what my mind has come to the con a conviction about is, is false. Holy crap. And what we've done many times throughout, throughout our lives, all of us, is like literally surrendered, right? So we've just like, oh, I doubt myself. Okay, what you say is true. And we've done that so many times in our lives and I'm talking not just dozens, I'm not talking hundreds, I'm talking thousands and thousands of times, like through school, through listening to the media, through looking at, listening to scientific experts, through listening to the government, that we have literally become uh, habitually disempowered on a worldwide level, right? So we have like cultural, widespread, universal disempowerment by people giving away the power of their mind by just say, letting other people say what's right. So what we've done, uh, what most of us have done is the direction we've given this power away is towards what you might call the cabal, right? We've given it away in the direction of the 
institutions, you know, the medical establishment, government, law, or legal system, rather, and such, right? So we've basically given them permission to run reality. And we just like live according to what they're saying is true. And when we do that, we direct all of our time, well, not all, but almost all, uh, time, money, attention, energy, feelings, all towards what they say is true. And it makes their reality uh, be the central dominant reality, how they want to be things. And that's mostly like strife, chaos, mayhem, right? So we're like disempowered and we need to take our power back. And that happens in a like in a like collective kind of way. Like one person does it, it spreads to their neighbors, friends and families, and then they do it. And it just spreads and spreads and spreads. And eventually just everyone picks up on this, this notion of becoming more empowered. But the thing is, it's not just a mental adjustment, it's like an experiential thing, right? So it's something you actually feel in your body, feel in your emotions. Uh, it's a whole process of like um, going through a whole lot of like inner growth to become more empowered. But it starts with one person, right? So, and then that spreads to other people. So that's why we made this take your power back course to give individuals the experience of becoming more empowered, right? So it's going to start all these beacons of empowerment that are going to pass to other people in the world. And then the whole world is going to become more empowered and we'll actually take back the rules, right? So we'll have reality how we want it instead of controlled by other people who don't have our interests in mind. So if you're interested in pursuing that, uh, look on the Mind Blown Zone website, look for this Take Your Power Back uh, video on course and get enrolled in that. What do you reckon, Brad? That was an awesome summary. I'm not going to add anything to it. I think that's, uh, that you summed it up really nicely. And obviously that's the purpose of our course is to give people, right? It is to teach people to stop giving their power away because we always, always have our power. The question is, are we retaining it or are we giving it away? And that's the beauty of the course. And hopefully people will come to see how they're giving their power away and how to stop doing that to have happier, more fulfilling lives. Right on. Okay. Well, thanks a lot, Brett. Thanks, everyone, for thank you, listening. Yep, thank you, everyone, for listening, and uh, we we'll look forward to you on our next podcast. Okay. Bye, Brad. Bye, Ron. Bye-bye.